Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Ben & Jerry's lost its battle to stop selling its ice cream in the West Bank, and Wall Street is skeptical about the summer market rally. Plus, we'll find out more about the 20-year-old college student who made more than $100 million betting on a meme stock. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. stocks slid lower on Monday. The S&P 500 fell more than 2%. It's the biggest drop in two months. Investors are increasingly worried about how much central banks will raise interest rates to battle inflation. But for most of the summer, actually, stocks have been rallying. The question is, what's behind this upswing? The FT's Eric Platt says a lot of people on Wall Street are skeptical. And that's because over the last few weeks, There hasn't been much to really give you faith that the big drivers of the market, i.e. the economy, inflation, and what the Fed is going to do, has really gotten to a better place, right? And so there's a sense amongst big investors and money managers that maybe the rally that they've seen so far doesn't have the kind of um, conviction behind it you'd want to see. Okay, so Eric, if this rally isn't because of investor confidence in the economy, what is causing it? Yeah, so we've been speaking to traders really at every bank on Wall Street. And the sense we've been getting more and more is that this is really short covering by hedge funds, uh, including a large group of hedge funds that earlier this year were very short the market, i.e. they thought the market would fall further, that started to cover their bets. And because these particular hedge funds are called trend-following hedge funds, as they started to cover their bets, the market started to rally. And they, they then had to follow this new trend of market rallying. So they kept covering their short bets. They kept buying in. And that really helped provide fuel to the market rally. Now, I also understand that this had something to do with options. These are contracts that give investors the opportunity to buy or sell a stock within a certain time frame. A lot of them expired last Friday, right? Exactly. One of the things that we knew going into Friday was there were more than $2 trillion worth of options expiring. And because so many people in late July and early August were nervous that they were missing out on the rally, they were selling calls, i.e., you know, bets that the market would keep rallying. And so, like, right, if you're average Joe investor, you sell a call, uh, the counterparty who's actually buying that might be a big bank on Wall Street like Goldman. And so, That dynamic was kind of keeping the market within certain bounds is why you saw volatility falling. And so you saw that kind of start to unravel on Friday, and then you saw it again yesterday's trading day. Eric Platt is the FT's markets editor. Ben & Jerry's has lost a bitter legal battle with its parent company, Unilever, over its sales in the West Bank. The progressive ice cream brand announced last year it would end sales in the territory. Israeli settlements there are viewed as illegal by most of the world, and Ben & Jerry said selling there would be inconsistent with its values. Unilever disagrees and made a deal to sell the Israel operation to someone who would keep operations going in the West Bank. Yesterday, a judge in New York denied Ben & Jerry's request for an injunction He said the ice cream products sold in the West Bank would be different enough from other Ben & Jerry's products to mitigate, if not eliminate, any harm to the brand's reputation.
The FT broke a story last week about an American college student who made $110 million betting on the stock of a retailer called Bed Bath & Beyond. It was an eye-popping story, almost like college kid gets rich betting on stocks. But this kid named Jake Freeman is not your average college kid. The FT's Madison Derbyshire looked at how he made so much money. She joins me now. Hey, Madison. Hi, how are you? So as I understand it, Madison, you were covering what was going on in this volatile meme stock, Bed Bath & Beyond. And as a reminder to listeners, meme stocks are stocks that are popular among retail or individual investors that get these kind of cult followings on social media and uh, tend to have really big swings. Think GameStop or AMC last year. But Madison, how did your reporting lead you to this one guy, Jake Freeman? We were trying to figure out who was behind this hedge fund in Wyoming that no one had ever heard of. And so we started making calls and sending emails to the numbers that were listed in association with all the regulatory filings this hedge fund had had put in. And we get an email back saying, hey, yes, I can talk. And my colleague, Antoine Gara, who I worked on this story with, calls him and we learned that he's actually 20 years old and he's calling from the airport where he's just landed while he's waiting for the bus that will take him back to his university campus. And we get a hint of uh, this in your story, but you, you know, you say he's not an ordinary college kid. He, he's been working in finance since he was a teen. He had a fund of his own. He has a significant stake in Bed Bath and & Beyond and, and he'd even come up with a turnaround plan for the company. So obviously it was really interesting to meet a kid who had such a thoughtful investment strategy around a stock. But one of the things that was really interesting is Jake invested in Bed Bath & Beyond with no expectation of it having this big a payout. He really thought that he had ideas for how Bed Bath could turn their business around and restructure their debts. And so what was really interesting is that he was kind of an accidental beneficiary of this crazy share price run-up. I think he thought the share price was going to go to $8 or $9. That was a best-case scenario for him. So for him to sell out at $27 a share was beyond what he and his investors could have ever expected. So meme stocks usually get pumped up online. Famously, there's this Wall Street Bets subreddit that, that has done this in the past. From what you could tell, did Jake Freeman do that? Did he encourage others to buy Bed Bath & Beyond stock so, so he could profit? No, I would say that that's not true. Yeah, he didn't pump up the stock. You know, he's a Gen Z investor. He's pretty active on social media. But one of the things that we've heard from people who've known Jake growing up is he's really always had this real independent streak. He's been working. He, he kind of got his way in the door of a hedge fund as a young teenager, like 14, 15, started being mentored by one of his bosses. He just really wanted to be involved in this world. But obviously there is a lot that we don't know about who were his big capital backers, who it's hard enough for most investment professionals to fundraise $25 million. So for people to take to have that level of faith in somebody so young is pretty extraordinary. And there, there are a lot of things that we don't know. So what do we know about how he made so much money? Yeah, so we know that in order to generate a return of about $110 million, he would have had to start with about $25 million, which is an extraordinary sum. And very little of it, from our understanding from talking with Jake, was his own capital. 
So he fundraised from friends, from family, from business connections, and was very successful in raising a tremendous amount of money on on his restructuring ideas. So I got to ask you about the comments that readers left under this story on FT.com. They were really harsh, mostly saying things like, why are you guys writing about this kid? He's just a rich kid. Why don't you cover the people who lost money? Um, What do you make of that? I think one of the big points that we've seen of people reacting is against somebody so young being given such big responsibility with so much money and being successful with it. It can be really hard, I think. And investing in money are very emotional topics. I think we talk about them in these rational ways, but they are much more behavioral and emotional than we give them credit for. There's a thing called tall poppy syndrome that's been popping into my brain a lot. And tall poppy syndrome is when one flower rises above all the rest and everyone wants to immediately chop that flower down, right? So I think in a lot of ways, it's been hard for people to see somebody do make such a big windfall on something that is both within their control, but also largely without, outside of it. Madison Darbyshire is the FT's U.S. investment reporter. Thanks, Madison. Thanks, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Before we go, the transport minister of France wants to restrict flights on private jets. He says it's because of their outsized contribution to climate change. Some left-wing party members in France even want an outright ban. It's all happening as French President Emmanuel Macron is calling on citizens to save energy in response to the current energy crisis. There's even a Twitter account that names and shames private jet users. It's unclear how the jet industry or its users have responded. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.